get you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do this But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we are finally going back to the sound of freedom. Yes, the cinematic gift that keeps on giving. Oh, the sequel is here. Yes, Joel, it was all going very well for our child-liberating friends, but thanks to the cook marketing geniuses at Angel Studios, they had a hit on their hands with people not only buying tickets to see the movie, but buying them for complete strangers. Oh. Why? To save the kids. Good. They raked in millions of dollars and alongside the cash, immense fame. And the kids have been saved forever. Well, I mean, that's problem solved. No, you can't solve the problem. There's got to be a sequel. Yeah, so there you go. Issue with fame is that fame isn't always a good thing, especially when you're a bit Mm. of a dodgy bastard. Lots of Yeah, the whole shining light. Yes, no good. So people start asking questions, right? And people often don't like the answers. And we aren't looking into the big man himself. That seems like the obvious target. Tim Ballard, he'll be next. Ooh, He's down another for sequel. Oh, man, this episode's going to write itself. It is so great how much that guy has just eaten shit. But it is also pretty well covered. If you want to see that from like a million different angles, it's all over the internet. We'll do it better, of course, because that's just, you know, we're great. But- he'd be living in a van down by the river, wouldn't he? Oh, no, he'll be living in a mansion down in Utah. But at the same time, he will be uh, finding it, it very difficult long, to though. go and uh, A van down the river is beckoning. Yeah, well, hopefully he's going li- to be in a federal prison at some point, but we'll see. Mm, um, mm. Look, he will be next, but we're going to talk in this episode about the less known and admittedly slightly less awful, but similarly douchey, Paul Hutchinson. Yeah, but let me guess. It's time for a beer plug. Yeah, yeah, we're not going straight to the episode. Fuck, that's crazy. Of course it is. Oh, bless. It's uh, time for you guys to realize that the discount code is still active and that if you don't have CB code beer in your cupboard, your life is lacking. So head over to cbco.beer, buy yourself a slab. It's 10% off with the CRP10 code and it's free shipping, which is, it just makes it a no-brainer. It's just, it's, it's obvious. And, and you can get a case of Carlton Draft for a pineapple down the shops and it's a finer brew on all fronts. I see. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. So, so I've, I've looked into this a little bit. Um, look, sorry, Jack. It's not 1970 anymore. What? A case of Carlton Draft at BWS will cost you $61. That's right. It's going to cost me a shitload in wardrobe now that it's not 1970 anymore. <laughs> oh, don't worry. <laughs> flares are going to go. It's probably in fashion again. Trust me. The kids are fucked up. So look, Carlton Draft is a pissy 4.6% alcohol, but you also have to go and get it yourself. I mean, that's just, that is wasting value. This is true. Time. This is true. For $76.50, you can get 24 cans of CBCO IPA, which is at 6.5% and far nicer. It now, I'm not going to do the maths. Much it's going to get you drunk, but I'm not going to do the maths on this. I'm just going to say that it is definitely value. Yes. Well, look, you're not going to do the maths because all that 6.5% fruity beer will rot your brain. It will. It, it, you know. Anyway, look, 
It has been a delicious process. I very much enjoyed running my brain. You can do it too at the delicious and reasonable price of 10% off with free shipping. So let's just cut the bullshit. We're not salesmen, clearly. So let's move into the murky waters of child liberation, a concept that sells itself, and real estate funding, another thing that kind of sells itself, with executive producer of Sound of Freedom, Paul Hutchinson. Let's save some kids, folks. Paul Hutchinson calls himself the man behind the sound of freedom. And look, he absolutely had a role in it. Uh, one of the supporting characters is based on his work as an undercover operative in the field Ooh. and as a money guy. He's a money guy. Yeah. Americans love that shit. So he would fund operations and participate in them personally. He claims he has conducted 70 missions and rescued 5,000 kids. From Fuck. themselves. Those numbers, no. I mean- that's a lot of kids per operation. That's like, what, like yeah. 75 kids and op? I mean, yeah, like, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm not good at math, so it looks like it could almost be 100. Not quite, but almost. Yeah. So, um, but what's the source of that? Um, I believe it is from the uh, well-trusted uh, organization, Trust Me Bro. Trust Me Bro. Yeah. I did it, bro. Don't worry about it. Don't worry I'm about like- it, man. I know I did it. Yeah. Well, I, I was there, right? So as we will explore, Hutchinson has a pretty relaxed relationship with the truth. Very basic cooker trait that, uh, gee, God forbid. So Paul Hutchinson doesn't only have a relaxed relationship with the truth, but a very strong relationship with himself. Yeah. This this guy loves the look of himself. He loves his own reflection. He loves his own voice. Every moment he can talk himself up, he absolutely will. And just like most narcissists, he has a bunch of shitty motivational quotes Ooh. from himself all over his website and his social media presence. I it's mean- not, It's not the size of the man in the fight. It's the size of the fight of the man or something like that. Oh, it's even fucking worse. I mean, it's just, it's a mix of biblical nonsense, self-aggrandizing and, and saving the kids. The, the main thing is saving the kids. Let's not, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. Look, Hutchinson has a lot of money. Yes, he he made his money as co-founder of Bridge Investment Group, which is a real estate uh, investment firm with over forty billion in assets. Is that uh, US dollars or AUD, that is, Joe? That's US. US. Wow, it's even more. Let's take it up to about fifty-five Why Australian uh, billion in assets and two thousand staff. It's not that's bad. Yeah, he, he retired busy. from Bridge uh, Bridge Investment Group. Big. You could just see how they'd use that. They'd be big. They're huge. Like They're the big. Yeah. He retired from big in 2017 to become a full-time kitty saviour and general philanthropist for kids. Yes. Yes, He's exactly. doing it for the kids. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, this is what he wants to be seen as, but the thing that he also is is a full-time content creator, and you, no one here is surprised. So- He's got an extensive presence on all social media platforms. He's almost certainly employed someone to curate his videos. And he has a huge archive of interviews on all sorts of other platforms and podcasts and blah, blah, blah. But as you can imagine, most of them are the sort of right-wing cooker types, right? you got Brightium, the platform owned by Natural News, where Paul has a nice chat with its owner, Mike the Health Ranger Adams. Absolutely normal guy, that Mike Adams. Oh, fuck me. So if you don't know who Mike Adams is, go and look at Natural News and Nat- your have brain. A, have a look at it. It is it fucked it in is, the head. It is chef's kiss cooked shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, we actually had an idea to maybe just read out natural news articles <laughs> for Patreon episodes because it, they're you that cannot good. satirize it. You, oh, it is honestly, beyond yeah. satire. It is. It actually is. I think, yeah, it's just, wow. Anyway, so he's a delusional conspiracy theorist. As we said, he posts content that is laughably false, but the issue with the stuff that he posts and the stuff that he broadcasts is it's dangerously false because people are incredibly stupid and they fucking believe it. Mm. But the issue here is that Hutchinson's never met a microphone he didn't want to speak to, and he'll talk to fucking anyone who will suck up to him. It's Cooker 101, right? Yeah. So while there's doing a, the conspiracy theories- There's a lot theories, of idolatry going on here, Joe. <laughs> oh, fucking big time. Anyone who's going to suck his toes is his be- new best mate. And you know how this whole circle jerk works on the right wing. Right? You know, you've all said it before. Ooh, yeah. So while doing the conspiracy theorist circuit, he just simply adjusts his message for how cooked they are. So if he's talking to Mike Adams, he goes more cooked. <laughs> yeah. But if he's talking to he someone more moderate, right. just, mm. yeah, just, just under, undersells the cookedness. It's- it's anything for attention, basically. And there's also no such thing as bad publicity. You can see this opportunist entrepreneur type. But admittedly, he does stay this side of things like adrenochrome and Wayfair. So I must give him that. So on the cooker meter, he has a ceiling. You know, he doesn't go into well, like the real a good narcissist, shit. he plays his audience. He knows what his audience is or he has a good understanding of his audience and doesn't go over the top, Joe. Exactly. Now, he's, he's annoyingly clever in that regard, but he's also kind of stupid. So he has a very long list of these dot-pointed achievements on his website, and he calls himself a serial entrepreneur with over 15 successful companies. Now, I'm just going to like say- like Kellogg's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he fucking claimed it. I'm just going to say that when it comes to serial entrepreneur, I just feel like there's got to be a better way of saying that. Like, it's just, it's not serial. Serial kind of got ruined by um, uh, murder sprees. <laughs> Oh, I th- oh, see, I thought it was cereal. I no. didn't get the joke, Joel. No, dear, no, oh, no. dear. Cocoa no. Pops, you know. Ah, uh, yes. Cornflakes, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's a cereal entrepreneur. The man who made those, he was a cereal entrepreneur. It is a good joke. I will admit that. I was like, Ooh, I thought you were saying he's going to take credit for That was hard work. I, I felt like I had to draw you a diagram there. I had a daffodil this morning. It's not my fault. Mm. Anyway, yes, cereal entrepreneur, S-E-R-I-A-L, which- <laughs> Which means he's got a balaclava and some gaffer tape in the back of his car. Yes, he abducts businesses. <laughs> uh, look, work. he received an honorary doctorate for his humanitarian work. We'll talk about, we'll talk about honorary doctorates shortly. He doesn't yes, have much will. detail on that one, though. Further investigation shows that he has 12, 12, count them, 12 honorary he, doctorates. He said that. Twelve universities have decided to give Paul an honorary doctorate for his humanitarian work. That is very interesting. Twelve. Can't seem to find much about that except for on press releases from Old Hutch. Uh, Yes. On a podcast, he promised the host that he would get him an honorary doctorate as well. He's just given him away. He's got twelve. He doesn't need any more. Have an honorary doctorate. What for? You know, just because we like you, man. You can have it. They didn't even ask as well. There was a transcript of this podcast that I saw, and he's like, oh, I'll get you honorary doctorate. And I'm like, but why? Why? What for? This, look, did- it, it, it does bring to mind the um, uh, the, the great exchange between Gough Whitlam and Paul Keating uh, when they were both at, both at a, some sort of uh, 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 honorary doctorate issue for someone else. And Gough said, you should get one of those, Paul, you know. Um, uh, you should you should get yourself an honorary doctor from Sydney U or in, of course Keating left school at fifteen, uh, and yeah. he just turned around turned around to old Goff and said, "Then I'd be like you." 
I yeah. would prefer to be goth, but None yes. of the airs and graces. And, of course, Paul Keating, uh, without wanting to go on a too, too uh, big a tangent, he was offered uh, a, a um, the order of uh, – well, it's the highest Australian order you can get. Order um, of Australia. just the AO is the is the, um, uh, the the initials for it. And he said, no, I think it should these awards should be given to people who have were not fated. Um, yeah, who are, okay. uh, who are the sort of com- you know the anonymous givers in our community, generous people in our community, and it's yeah. difficult to argue with that. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. There's sometimes people just sort of get a position and all of a sudden just get initials just because they're there, which is um which is needless. And yeah, but Hachi Hachi's yeah. got twelve, mate. So look, when it comes to the honorary doctorate thing, I do find it very funny because I did a bit of an extensive research on this when I saw this, and I was like, hold on. So you had you got twelve honorary doctorates. All right, cool. 12. Surely one seems, of them has a public what? release. None. Yes, you would think so. None. Well, None. does he name the unis? No. Can't find him. None. <laughs> well, None. And he's offering them on fucking right wing talk radio. Oh yeah, bro, don't worry, I'll get you one. Yeah. Classic. Okay. <laughs> So the other thing that he claimed in a podcast, I think it was actually the same one, was that he has an honorary law degree and his quote, quote, I'm not going to do a clip on this one. It's just a quote. Just because we studied the legal stuff inside out to make sure we got it right, fuck you. As someone who's doing an actual law degree, fuck you. I mean, seriously, it's really hard. But he studied the legal stuff, Joe. Eat shit the and stuff. die. He studied the stuff, mate. All that stuff, you know, those textbooks no. and things. No. Had a look no. at them. Stuff. Did the stuff. No. no. Honorary no. legal degree. Law degrees. So having a look at the legal implications of playing Rambo in developing countries to inflate your own fucking ego does not give you a law degree. It's just a cunt who didn't want to get arrested. But, but he, he knows the stuff, Joel. Fuck him. Anyway. It's just law degree is really hard. I don't know how some of these people got it. I mean, fuck, serene to far. Anyway, so my main point here is to say that Paul likes to lean on his achievements, mm. although one of the issues with these achievements is that it seems like he didn't actually achieve some of them, <laughs> which are they still achievements well, if he didn't achieve is them? It, is it 8, 10, 12? Sometimes you, you just lose count of you all the honorary doctorates you receive. Oh, bro, there's just too many of them. Yeah, uh, but this guy... He did some legal study and stuff and, like, heaps saved some kids. Hey, like, seriously. He did, he did some legal stuff, Joe. I just fucking hate this guy so much. You, you'll you all be in the same basket as me. If you are not, if you don't hate this guy already, don't worry. There's, like, an hour left. Yeah, oh, you, you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So, look, it doesn't take much to pick this guy apart. He claims to be an honorary colonel for the Utah Attorney Ooh. General's office. Now, Ooh. there is an issue with this position. It's pretty cool, huh? Yes. Right? Can I say, I, I've never heard of colonels being attached to uh, attorney general's offices, but there you go. It's it's interesting you say that because um, it doesn't appear to um, exist. Oh. Yeah. But, and it's, but it's another honorary person. It is. I mean, he's it just is. being bestowed with titles here. He's the colonel. He's the colonel. He's the colonel. Uh, self-appointed, made up, pathological liar, piece of shit colonel. So- to give an idea of this, he is actually mates with the Utah Attorney General, Sean Rays, and their relationship <laughs> is in parallel with the AG's relationship with Ballard, because Rays and Ballard are very close, is a pretty fucking sketchy one. Um, he, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in November, the Utah legislature, November last year, I believe, the Utah legislature 
authorized a formal audit into his relationship with Tim Ballard. And you see, Rays. That's young Sean Rays. He mm. has been involved in Operation Underground Railroad since 2014 and has actually participated in an operation overseas, as far Boots as we on know. The ground. It looks like Rays may have used taxpayer money on that one because he Ooh. just. It's a work expense, right? You're going and you're doing fact-finding mission, whatever. Amazing. So that's pretty bad. But what's really, really, really bad is that it is alleged that Rays was intimidating witnesses who have come out accusing Ballard of sexual misconduct around the sort of now infamous couple's ruse, which we will very much go into in the next part, where basically Ballard would bring women on operations saying, okay, you need to be my partner. But to be a convincing couple- we mm. need to really do this properly. So, like, you know, yeah. I need to make sure I've seen you naked. I need to, mm. you know, be seen being affectionate towards you and things like that. So, we basically say, you know, oh, well, look, if we really want to play this, we should method we've, act. We've Fuck. really got a conjugal – yes, we've got to have conjugal uh, relations. Otherwise, yeah. how will we be convincing? I mean, That's like, right. people can tell. that The traffickers yeah. can tell. They'll shoot us, right? Amazing. So, the court document stated this. Uh, Upon learning of these complaints, Attorney General Rays would step in and rather than investigate what a clear case of sexual assault, what OUR and Tim Ballard were doing would intimidate the complainants. Oh, good. That's pretty not that. I'm pretty sure that's not the way an Attorney General's not supposed to operate. Well, says you. How many attorneys, how many attorneys have you, General? It's just an opinion. That's right. And not a legal opinion. You haven't, That's right. You well, haven't learned and, the and law course, like Hutch has. Of course, Hutch, Hutchie, Hutchie's, um, Hutch can comment Hutchie's on this. done all the law stuff, Joe. Hutch he's can miles comment ahead on this. of me. Yeah, no, he's qualified. No, he's definitely qualified. So, look, it must be said, blah, blah, professional journalism. Ray's claims this is a defamatory claim and denies the allegations. Now we've got that out of the has way. Has he sued anyone yet, Joe? No, has he sued he hasn't. anyone yet, Joe? No, he hasn't. Oh, that's funny. Despite no, being I, an attorney general. <laughs> Oh, look, he can't afford a lawyer. Uh, oh, he is one. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, he's so, look, very busy at the moment, and he hasn't got time to sue people. No, he's too busy intimidating witnesses. He's not going to sue us. We can say what we want. So like, <laughs> the main thing here is that the so-called fucking honorary colonel for the Utah <laughs> AG's office doesn't seem to exist, and this is something that I've just found with almost all the qualifications that he claims. All these fucking achievements just don't exist. This whole thing, like, to be fair, there is one thing. There is the honorary colonel for Utah's National Guard. That does exist, okay? And there's a list no, of them. Is it, It's an honorary position, but is it an honorary position? Honorary position. So if you're in the Utah's mm. National Guard and, I don't know, you shot a bunch of looters or something, did something really noble, then, uh, yeah, you get to be honorary colonel. I'm not really sure honorary how it colonel. works. I don't really care. The main thing that tickled my dick was the fact that Paul Hutchinson's name was not on the fucking list. Not so, there. Um, not there. We can put that I mean, us. the two most famous colonels in, in the United States are uh, Elvis's manager, uh, who got him on a lot of drugs. And, oh. uh, and of course, uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders. Yes. But neither of those are honorary positions. No. Well, no. God, no. To be fair, um, I do feel like that is a really terrible thing, getting Elvis on all those drugs. Do you have his phone number, though? I want to. I want to talk to. I want to talk to him about his misdeeds. Uh, if you could we just, just call them pills, we just call them pills. We're going to call them pills. Yeah, no, nah, it was probably sad drugs, not fun drugs. Anyway, I know so, he was on a lot of uh, wake up in the morning. You'll need something like that to get you out of bed, Elvis, uh, <laughs> and yeah. at night because you don't sleep well. Not with yeah. all those pizzas you've been eating today. That feels very. Uh, Michael you'll need Jackson. something to knock you out. Yeah, that's a bit sad. So, look. In summary, this guy is full of shit. 
Like yeah. I say, his list of achievements is long and a little bit flawed. It would take hours to pick them apart because I went down the list and I was like, nah, 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 nah. But I found one. I found one that's true. This is a good one, though, because it's the absolute worst possible one for it to actually yes, be legit. Yes, I see. He was knighted by the Sovereign Military Order of the Temple of Jerusalem as a Knight of Templar in 2016. Ooh. And I looked deep into this because their public records online are shithouse. But yeah, that wouldn't be great. Yes, because there was lots of claims about it, but I had to find the original website and it was made on fucking GeoCities. It was so shit. But anyway, that's very fun because what's going to make the cookers go more nuts than that? It's I mean, a Freemason, Joel. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the fact that he was knighted means this guy is such a cunt. He calls himself Sir Paul Hutchinson. <laughs> you fucking wanker. I a hate little this bit guy. like Ian Botham. He's just when such Ian a Botham cunt. was actually knighted by the Queen. Yeah, well, you um, can you can he, you can use that though. The story goes, and it may be tr- maybe not, maybe false, but the story goes that he insisted that everyone, all the Sandies and cameramen, call him Sir Ian. Oh, fuck you. What yeah. a prick. I don't anyway. like that guy. He's not a great guy. Anyway, look, so going back to Paul, he is a content machine these days. What else do you do when you're a fucking washed-up narcissist with a hero complex? So he's pumping out endless self-congratulating content on TikTok, Instagram, and his shitty little podcast, and, of course, to a lesser extent, Twitter slash X, where he has, well, had a time of writing, which was like a few weeks ago, 105 followers. Um, so not not getting a lot of traction there. Doesn't do a, doesn't do a lot on the uh, platform, though. No, I, I believe, Joe. Oh no, he, he's got a he's he's got a social media manager for sure, and it pumps it to all the stuff. It just for some oh, reason so, on so, Twitter. So no he's, he's he's dropping out. Well, his social media manager is dropping out 10, 20 t- uh, tweets a day, that sort of thing. And still, a, he's only got a hundred followers. There's a, there's a few, but they're well curated. They're you know they're they're well curated videos. They're um. They're well manicured uh, social media posts. One thing that I can say about his, like you know, sort of general sort of ex social media presence is that I always found it very difficult when I was trying to find Paul Hutchinson to find the real one. There's a whole bunch of fakes who are basically just pushing crypto scams, because um, of course, like cookers and idiots. Uh, the Venn diagram is a circle. Doesn't he so- share the name of the of the Hutch from Starsky and Hutch? I well, I, I, there is a little bit. There is a similarity. Paul. Is it Paul? I don't know. No, Listeners, no. Google it for us. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to get like ten fucking things saying it's actually not Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we pretty sure you. it's not Paul. Correct. I apologise in advance because it but, is not. I don't believe it is Paul. It's probably it's probably some weird American name. We, like we should Trenton just call him Hachi. We should just call him Hachi anyway. Yeah, or the H banger, H bounce, the Hachi, Hachi, bro. Archie. Anyway, look in, in Australia, with, you don't pronounce the H. No, no, no. So he's just Hachi. Archie. Archie! So as executive producer of The Sound of Freedom, he's very proud of his work, you know. He's over there getting the movie sorted out. Uh, It's apparently – apparently he was mostly the money guy, but he is, as I say, played in the film by Eduardo Verastegui. So he's not just the producer. He's documenting the movie in a character in the form of a sort of supporting actor. I've still only watched half of the film. Um, I just can't be bothered. I don't actually think I saw his character come into it. I think I haven't must be gone on a long enough flight um, to to bring it up. Uh, I know yeah. we're going to get to this, but it's Aquinas is serving it up, and um, I haven't been on a long enough flight. I mean, really, it would need to be something from leaving Sydney and possibly going somewhere out of this solar well, system before I'd flip through enough films to have a, a, a quick look at this. 
You've actually missed your chance. Uh, good friend of the podcast, Damn. Rod, uh, uh, has reported on Twitter that uh, Sound of Freedom has been taken off rotation with Qantas, but it was on there. It was it fucking was, on yeah, there. It was, definitely on there, yeah. So, look, you know, when it comes down to it, it's a pretty embarrassing thing to be saying that your movie has been shelved when it clearly got a fucking incredible release. So he's, he does push this idea there was the agenda behind shelving the film by Disney, who eventually bought the film. He accept, the, the sort of accepted story of it is that Disney bought Fox, the pandemic hit. Oh, this is the, Sorry, the accepted story in reality is that Disney bought Fox, the pandemic I hit. Did. Movies were not released and they were shelved because many theaters were closed and others were at low capacity where we all had to fucking space out and wear masks and it sucked and we didn't leave the house anyway because we were getting really fat on government money and big screen TVs. So it was a fucking business decision and not a bad one either. So before the pandemic really came to a full close and the usual release schedule synced up with the films they had on the shelf, Angel put an offer in for The Sound of Freedom to Disney and they accepted it. That story over. There's no conspiracy. Yeah. Angel gave them money and Disney went, oh, fuck you. I don't care about this. If they were trying to shelve it, they wouldn't have fucking sold it. They would have kept it and it would never have been released. You fucking mm, morons. Exactly. But to further prove there's no conspiracy, as you would all know, The Sound of Freedom was picked up by Amazon Prime. You all know that now because you have never seen the end of it since the last month or so. And it's been pushed to the front page of the platform. I've got an NVIDIA Shield. I haven't looked at Amazon man. Prime for a long time. Um, yeah, I've just got all the um, all I, the. I, mean, the I, I stream from it, but I just haven't even looked at their, their their library for a while. My thing is that I get an NVIDIA Shield front page, which aggregates all of the the top picks from the movies, and the fucking Sound of Freedom is just permanently stuck <laughs> on that title screen because because. You know, this is this is all your sort of data management, Joel. This is they're saying you love cookers. You yeah, must yeah, watch they, this they, film. They push me to the algorithm. Well, yeah, no, not really. I've we've got a few others. That being said, let's face it, some of our listeners are probably the same. Oh, well, that's the thing about Amazon Prime. They don't have a lot of really good, you know, new releases. I mean, oh, there's sp- some good old shit on there though. I don't really care. It's all just mixed up in the in the in the it's muddle of streaming nonsense. But of course, Amazon yeah. is owned by the CIA, Joel. Yes, yes, of course. Well, regardless of how you see this whole situation going, I just want to say that if this is what silenced looks like, if this is censorship, if this is oppression, um, can we get some? Um, can we be on the front page of fucking Amazon Prime being fucking oppressed in public? Why haven't Why haven't we been taken up as a film, John? We why need to get why more censorship. Why hasn't Hollywood come beating a path to our door? Yes, well, Angel Studios might pick us up. Um, I don't know yeah, how not that Utah, would go. Joel. The heat just does funny things to my skin. Yeah, well, there's always the shoulder seasons. Anyway, so he makes this piece of culture war clickbait here, which we're going to play a clip, fully knowing what he is doing. It is so fucking blatant. Being angry at that indie film Cuties, which some of you may remember was a little bit of a CD film with some kids in it who were sort of sexualized in a way and was meant to lampoon the sexualization of children, but you can't really expect audiences to understand that kind of thing when you've got kids in crop tops that are like eight years old. Anyway, look, lampooning that (laughs) film and making it a culture war thing is very 2021, but hey, why not? Because it's absolute fucking catnip for cookers. We got turned down by guys like Netflix. Netflix brought us cuties. There's a bunch of 10-year-olds dressing up like strippers. They're okay with that. It makes you ask, 
the hard questions, what is the agenda and why? This is not a religious film. And the only religious part of it is that Jim Caviezel says the words, God's children are not for sale. Does that make it religious because I use the word God? No. So the whole thing is that Netflix didn't want to buy Sound of Freedom. What? Because everyone knows the Netflix brand. Fucking whatever. Like, did they even say no? But they've got to be a conspiracy, right? So yeah. the way you react to rejection is not reflection or maybe just dusting yourself up and doing it again. It's Any a of those conspiracy, Joel. No, it's conspiracy. It's That's always it. a conspiracy. Yeah, it's, a, it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Those awful people at Netflix, most of whom are pedophiles. Uh-huh. And Disney too. I mean, yeah. why don't they make oh, so many yeah. kids Here films? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hollywood did not want this movie to come out. We had people like Disney that almost crushed us because Fox International had a few million dollars invested with us, and when they got bought out by Disney, their goal was to, to be the distributor and take it and take it big. They got bought out, and Disney's like, no, we have nothing to do with that. We want all of our money back right now, and it almost crushed us. We had to come up with a bunch more money. And then we go out to Amazon and to Netflix and everything, get shut down, shut down, shut down. Every single time we brought in guys that could be potential distributors, Distributors, boom, Hollywood shut us down. So the only way to get this message out was in a grassroots movement. And the perfect venue for that is Angel Studios. Now, the thing I just want to say here is a person who knows a little bit about this stuff, that it's actually really, really difficult to get your film distributed, particularly if you're yeah. an independent. It's actually incredibly hard to find yeah. a distributor who's going to put your film into theatres and, the, and into the libraries of streamers. It's actually yep. really, really hard. And if you went to the – if Hutchie uh, and his mates went to, to pitch to distributors um, – they, the, most distributors would be going, sorry, what are you doing again? Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's about child sex and, and we're saving the kids and. Is what? it funny though? Is it funny? <laughs> Who's in it? Who's in it? Who's that? <laughs> what? Why am I, why am I even having a meeting with you? Get the fuck out of my office. Yeah. So it's a comedy then. Uh, so, yeah. So I know. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And it's if a you hard did pitch. pitch, genuinely pitch this stuff, but most people are going to say, well, this is, you know, this is going to be, Censorship issues, there's going to be issues around people just not wanting to watch it. Getting people to go to cinemas these days, very, very difficult task. Unless it's a superhero movie. And then it's Yeah, there, there, there are exceptions, not many. Yes. Um, but, yes, for an independent filmmaker to get people off their backsides and into movie, uh, movie uh, houses, cinemas, um, incredibly difficult thing to do. And, and most of your stuff... That what you do at the very start, if you're going to um, put a film out, is one of the things you get is a distributor early on, and you've got to sell that distributor the idea that the film is the film if made, and not when it's made, but if it's made, that that it is kind of in keeping with a lot of their stuff anyway. Yeah, which of course works for Angel Studios, but that's the thing—the idea that this is some sort of conspiracy keeping it down. As opposed to just simply not finding yeah, the right it's, person it's, to buy it's it. Just, it's just it's another thing that they can hang their publicity on. You know, it's completely yeah. fabricated. We know You're that, a fucking but, liar. Yeah, look, yeah, this is the film they tried to silence. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's cultural nonsense and it plays into the whole just nonsense. You, you all know what I'm fucking talking about. So, look, despite all of this, despite the ridiculous success they had once they did find a producer and that producer ended up being one of the most cooked, brilliant culture war divisive, political, fucked-up marketing genius brothers in the goddamn world, it is so hard to say that The Sound of Freedom has been a win for Paul, 
for the director yeah. who's so ashamed of the way this is all played With out. With the benefit of hindsight, Joe. With the benefit of hindsight, of course. <laughs> but it's really difficult because you've got this situation where it made a shitload of money. Huh? And it raised a ton of awareness for this money-making, clout-chasing cause they've got going on. Their god complexes have gone through the roof. Hutchinson wasn't really a thing before this. Ballard was. But Hutchinson kind of wasn't. But unsurprisingly, as we say... It kind of raised the wrong kind of awareness because now they have a bunch of people with magnifying glasses yeah. looking at their greasy, greasy it fingers. It is one of those things. If ego gets in the way, if you're a little bit sketchy and you've got a little bit of a dodgy past, Ooh. it's the, the last thing you want is publicity. Keep your head down and shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Get, Count your money. Yeah. Stay quiet. Go and get so, facial surgery. Orofacial surgery. Yeah, yeah that's it. And they've got great excuses too because the whole operation bullshit. Anyway, so Paul recently caught the attention of Vice reporters and absolute fucking ballard slayers, Anna Merlin and Tim Marchman from Vice. And they uh, saw that a criminal investigation was launched um, into an operation in Mexico that found that Hutchinson fondled the naked breasts of a potentially underage woman in 2016 while undercover in Cabo San Lucas. What do you mean potentially? Well, there it's contested as to whether she was underage, but it's also kind right. of not. Okay. So let's go. Let's get let's get going. All right. Judah Ballard's obsession with filming things to be used later in commercial entertainment ventures. This one being the miniseries project The Abolitionists. It was caught on film and later obtained. This is the fondling. Um, yes. It was caught on film and later obtained by the Davis County Attorney General's Office in Utah, oh, them again, as part yeah. of the local and federal joint investigation. This investigation was into Ballard and was closed with no charges laid, but concerns were raised over Hutchinson's behaviour in the footage. Now, I must say, the Davis County Attorney General's Office is a local AG office, whereas oh, yes, Sean so is the mean, Utah yes, AG. Not, not uh, the state so, of Utah. Yep. yep, there is a separation there because there's no way that Sean Ray's office would ever have done this good work. Yes, um, it would seem so. And, yeah, it's pretty impressive here. Now, the issue that I raised before, the girl was believed to be about 16 years old, right? And this was an estimate that was made by Hutchinson and the other Operation Underground Railroad operatives involved who filmed themselves discussing her age and whether something illegal had just occurred. So later- well- Age of consent in Mexico, Joe. You know what that is? Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, it, it's 16 here, of course, in not Mexico. Not 100 sure if that really uh, matters in the situation. It, it, it yeah. varies. Uh, it, it varies from uh, province to province, um, but generally speaking, it's 15. Um, Are and, they allowed to be in strip clubs? Uh, I would say no. Um, mm. uh, I would say, I'd say no. they're allowed to bang other 15 year olds who are bumbling through their first time. But the time. whole idea of an adult male, in, and, and how old's Hutchie? Hutchie must be in his Hutchie's, 40s now. I think he's in his 50s, actually. Yeah, I'm not f- sure. 50, a 50-year-old man fondling the naked breasts of an adolescent uh, an adolescent girl is not a good uh-huh. look, no matter if she's 16, 17, um, or, or 14, or 13. Well, it's just rest assured, good. the guy with the 12 doctorates, the colonel himself- um, he made inquiries. Oh, did he? And Mexican police have informed him that the girl was in fact over eighteen. Oh well, so fondling her is okay because that yes, constitutes no a sexual assault, wouldn't it? If it's certainly unwanted. Well, I mean, look, let's not go into issues of consent because he sure didn't. But what I can say <laughs> is that the Mexican inquiries, well, 
the honorary colonel has a source for it. Um, hold on, we 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 actually we quoted oh. this source earlier. Invisible uh, Mexican me, bro. voice. Mm. Yeah, trust me, bro, because he wouldn't share the documents with Vice, and um, we'll just have to take his uh, word for it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey. So so cool. far, everything's looking looking <laughs> you know ship shape. He's only lied about maybe 10 or 11 honorary doctorates, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Mm. And some other really weird shit that just is just deep in the mind of a pathological liar. So Paul publicly expresses no regrets for his actions while being undercover. Mm. Uh, it is contested as to whether Paul voluntarily touched the breasts or whether he was actually encouraged to by those he was investigating. So you know, he gets put into these situations, right? Where the traffickers oh, yeah. are there, so he's got a method. He's got a method act. His he's way got through. a method act. It's the couple's mm, quandary. I see. So that makes total, total sense. It makes for an interesting defence in a courtroom. Well, look, I'm I, I, I'm leaning toward believing him, but one of the issues with this is that on the document in the investigation, there's some notes from an investigator, um, and it says in all caps, "lie, lie," and then in all caps. Paul puts both hands on voluntarily. Ah. Oh, that's yeah. That is a fondling, okay. and he's I lying. Mean, yeah, so that's not great. Um, well, but hey, so, got- so said the investigator. What does he know? Yeah, so maybe yeah, it's an honorary doctorate in touching underage breasts. So look, he's very naughty, uh, and it is one thing to do what you have to to save the kiddies. Okay, yeah, look, yeah. I fell on my sword. I touched a boob. I'm sorry, but I had to do it to save the child from a fate worse than boob touching. And I get that. And that's a really great, great concept. But let's face it. There's <laughs> that, also the that other would possibility. Be the he offered in court. Mm. Yeah. It's also maybe he just saw a situation where he could just touch some touch some tits and just, just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to get now, worse, listeners. <clears throat> why would I say something like that? Because the thing is, we should not assume that Paul is into children sexually because he saves them he and it's really them. presumptuous to just mm. flip the script on something like that. It's it's is that is that fair? Um I'm not entirely sure because Hutchinson had a hoodie moment where he ah. said that he has battled with pornography addiction. Ah. That just means you've got no impulse control, Hutchie. It doesn't yeah. mean you're addicted, you know. I mean, I don't think you can get addicted to porn. I mean, you can in a sense, but it just well, means that you have no impulse control. You can't yeah. say, I must turn this off now. Anyway, uh, but this made him a he, – he claimed that his addiction to pornography, and it's a certain type of pornography, listeners, uh, but it made him a better operative. You know, I could oh. get into that whole method acting thing like De Niro in uh, Raging Bull. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so he made it made him a better operative. And while he denies Good. ever having sought out Actual child pornography. He did tell Lynn Packer uh, that he was into barely legal porn, Ooh, where young lines. women are made to look underage despite being over eighteen. You know, they wear, um, they have ponytails and things like that. You know, and yes. school uniforms. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah, uh, so there is that. Yeah, he says yes. he's, he sounds he sounds delightful so far. Now, I think that that was a really nice way to introduce us to the next bit. Well, is, who is um, Lynn Packer? Tell me who Lynn Packer is, Joe. Lynn Packer is an old dude from Utah who is basically an absolute fucking ballard slayer. Anna Merlin and Tim Merchman get all the fucking cred and all the all the blah blah. But him and Damian Moore, Damian Moore is American Crime Journal and very much worth looking up. And Lynn Packer, I can't remember the outlet that he sort of works with. He might be independent, 
He seems like a guy who's kind of retired. Oh, it's one of these American time he does this. women's oh, yeah. names adopted by men. Yeah, it's uh, a dude. Lynn Packer, journalist, uh, award-winning investigative reporter, television news consultant, and law consultant. He graduated yeah, he, from Utah State University with a broadcast journalism degree. He with hates a, Ballard. With a minor in German, Joe. Ooh, Sprechen's no one who Deutsch. Speaks German could, no one who speaks German would, would ever be a problem. <laughs> no. I guess they are kind of known for their pornography, aren't they? So let's make this way worse. Um, so Packer has reported that a former girlfriend of Hutchinson said this line. He called to justify why he watched child porn. I'll do go on. Sandra fan said, he said, well, you watch normal porn and then it kind of gets boring. So you want to check out what else is out there. Uh Uh-oh. And it's a bit more exciting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. When I watch porn, it's not like I am addicted to it. Uh Uh-huh. No. And the reason I checked out child porn was I was curious and it was a different kind of excitement. You know, in our our courts on any given day, people are offering defences for for and I'm not laughing uh, for, uh, for 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 basically downloading child pornography of that kind. I was yeah. curious, you know. Oh, I was just just checking it out, you know. Oh, someone sent it to me as a joke. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good. So, look, basically, this is the thing. Fans said that Hutchinson was saying this in order to try and prove he was not addicted to porn, but then decided to do a weird handbrake turn into, uh, yeah, but I also like looked up child porn because it. It excited me in a different Might way. Might as well face it. You're addicted to porn. <laughs> <laughs> this is so dark. But you have to laugh, otherwise you cry. Yeah, look, it is a very serious allegation and simply hearsay from an ex-girlfriend. So we want to make it clear that we do not have any evidence outside of Packer's reporting, who is a well-respected reporter, that suggests Hutchie was interested in child pornography for any reason. We're not saying that for legal reasons. We're just... Because on the balance of evidence, we're just it's, not going to make the call. It's very hearsay-ish. And like, while I do love the salacious nature of the fact that this kitty rescuing narcissist piece of shit is out there looking at child porn and then saving them and touching their breasts and all that sort of stuff, it makes, as uh, Simbala would say- I would say sizzle. overall, he has got some fairly serious behavioral problems. He's got a lot to fucking answer for. Hmm. But you can't say on that's this objectively one, true. We're, we're saying- we're saying uh, it's a 50-50 call. I reckon I'm going to go 65-35, but that's yeah. a Okay. So right. while it isn't for us to speculate further on what happens on tour, and this is doubling down on our fairly you know, well, weak allegations here, I must say the fucking allegations against Ballard are- Oh, Incroyable. I know. I've heard I've heard enough. Put that man in jail. I know. So like when it comes down to like Hutch having some of these things, I mean, he's certainly in good company to do yeah. bad shit, right? Like, you know, if anyone's gonna turn a fucking turn the other cheek, it's fucking Tim Ballard. So we don't know how he behaved on these uh sort of jump missions that he's done 70 of them with five thousand children wonder how many he touched oh sorry but we do know that this incident in carbo which he denies with this bizarre inconsistency it's looking like he did something he shouldn't have something definitely untoward has occurred joe yeah and that's only because it got caught on film and that's how this came to light so 
Lynn Packer has also reported that one of the producers of The Abolitionist, which is a TV series based around these sort of like salacious rescue missions in South American countries, this guy named Darren Fletcher told Ballard to get rid of Hutchinson because of his inappropriate conduct on the missions. And these are basically like text messages and things like that. Um, that were in discovery from court cases. Oh, and it I said, see. we kept telling him, get rid of him. He's there at the screening saying all these things. He said they have audio. And on one occasion, a cameraman told Hutchinson, you can't be so sexual with these kids. Ooh, so nasty. once again, we are taking Fletcher's word for it. There could be bad blood between them. Fletcher could be a fucking psycho. But generally speaking, we can say that Fletcher... And his accounts line up with the fact that Hutchinson is no longer allowed to go on these white savior missions. So, I mean, why did he get banned? Yeah, the it, evidence right? is mounting, Joe. It's not fucking great. So, what we can also say is that these white savior missions almost certainly create demand for children in order to execute these operations and get mm. them on film. And save 5,000 children. Because, hey, how do you save 5,000 children? Get someone to kidnap them. Yeah. And yeah. then save them. You psychos. And this is so, the, 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 it's the business model, isn't it, basically? Oh, totally. And the thing that's fucking hilarious is, of course, he has to go to South America where he can basically bribe cops and mangle the law a bit. Because in the US, he would be shot for doing this. For good reason. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking menace. He yeah. is also- well aware of the reality of child sex trafficking, which is huge in the US. He doesn't give a practical shit about it. He talks extensively about the problem of domestic sex trafficking in the US, but he doesn't do anything about it. Why? Because that would mean, I don't know, giving money to poor people who are obviously lazy and basically doing something that means something as opposed to going in with a gun, filming yourself, and then talking to chicks about how fucking awesome you are. So- (laughs) Here is a clip of Paul explaining how sex trafficking has a root cause in kids running away from home. (sighs) But the thing that nobody's talking about, because we're all thinking, oh, this is the thing we need to send Rambos down to Columbia to fix the problem. Guess what? The problem is likely in your own home or in your neighbor's home or whatever. The problem with child sexual abuse is rampant, is everywhere. And so people ask me, what do we do about this? Hug your kids. Why? Because the highest likelihood of a child that gets traffic traffic is one that's a runaway, a broken family, things like that. So having that healthy relationship and even more than that, having a relationship with your kids where you can communicate with them, where they feel comfortable coming in and saying, hey, you want dad? I don't like hugging Uncle Harry. Having that relationship with them where they can be in tune with their feelings and be okay with sharing when they're uncomfortable with something. That's way more important than sending money for some Navy SEALs to go into Columbia. Now, listen, Hutchie, I don't want you hugging kids. Uh, he's talking about <laughs> hugging kids. Please don't hug your kids. Don't hug my kids. Don't hug Don't hug anyone's kids, please. Yeah. He's failed the working with children check. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly has. But that's the fucking solution with all these cunts. It's like family first, blah, blah, blah. It's the same with fucking libertarians. It's like, don't worry. All of the world's ills will be fine as long as parents protect their children from all the bad things. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can't just have parents being this magical elixir to the ills of the world. That's it's not part how it of works. this fear. I, I, I don't know what it's like in the States, but it's part of this fear. It's very much changed. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, and look, 
there was a lot of institutional pedophilia around. It, we know oh, yeah. this. But, but kids were, you know, just walk to school, come home, all this, you know, walk home, all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and, and now I think, you know, kids are sort of coddled and over, There's a bit of that. protected. The, the helicopter there is a bit of that. sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. but we've got we've got so many satanic panics and so many fucking like you know today tonight episodes with white vans, kids getting yeah, snatched like off like the street like, and stuff like, like that. every street corner. I mean, you know, outside of Hutchie, you know, every male uh, white male is not a pedophile. I guarantee. Yeah, it. I would say that you should definitely protect yourself from speculative real estate investors and funders yeah. in Utah. It's I think that's a, a demographic it's you a should be sign. very fucking wary of. Yeah, no white vans though, probably like a Maserati. Anyway, so. Look, the last part of that is such an interesting part of this whole narrative, which is that it is way more important than sending some money to send Navy SEALs over to Colombia. That's an honest sense of understanding of the situation. So mm-hmm. why does he do it? Well, let's have a look at his TikTok and Instagram because he saves kids and he clearly gets off on this shit. So Paul has two modes, right? Linen suit and linen shirt. He has his sort of rich guy look and he has his kind of bohemian wanker cult leader look, but they're both kind of cunty. The linen thing really comes through. He wears those <laughs> shitty necklaces that look like it's like a shark's tooth or a piece of fucking wood or some shit. Like he bought them in some like market in Bali alongside like a fucking bing tang singlet. And it, it, it works though, you know, and he's got this really sullen yeah, I, I, I sort I of- I can see him now. And, and look, he probably stole that, uh, he stole those necklaces probably from children. Probably fucking did. Probably like probably that the house has been ransacked and the children have been taken away. He's like, oh, they left some cool shit though. This is a double win. <laughs> so his Instagram, liberating.humanity, just breathe uh-huh. that in. Liberating.humanity, you fucking <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Oh, if God's not going to do it, I guess I'll step yeah. in myself. Get out of the way, God. So- it's full of him speaking straight to camera about what a fucking hero he is. You can just picture it. If you really want to, go look it up, but you bring, will yeah, puke in I'm your not, mouth. I can't and bring I, myself to watch it. Sorry. I hold no responsibility for it. If you're going to do it, do it after some CB Co. So it's a delicious second taste of that wonderful IPA. Those hops really are great the second time around. Just kidding. That was disgusting. So look, recently there has been a great thing on his uh, sort of content feed about his little breakup with Tim Ballard, which is very funny, but we will get to it later. I just couldn't help but to be sort of reminded of that when watching his like social media and being like, oh, that's right. You guys had a bit of a tiff. But this is basically a stick, right? He talks about what a fucking hero he is wearing this dumb linen shirt and how profound his life's mission is. He's clearly sent by God. And it's hard to say whether the story is true or not. Maybe at some time... He did do some of this stuff, but maybe he's also an honorary colonel in a position that doesn't exist. So maybe he's an honorary god, Joe. He he fucking thinks it. These traffickers prayed out these children. They brought out these four virgins, scared to death. This this little girl, she you know she was she was shaking. She had tear stains on her makeup face, and I I made a commitment to myself, to God, and to that little girl that I would do whatever I needed in my life to eradicate that evil from the face of the earth. And whatever resources I could put in, whatever. And I and for ten years, you know, my role was to help rescue a ten year old from the clutches of a trafficker in in. Ecuador, right? 
So after the success of The Sound of Freedom, it became fairly obvious that saving the kiddies with guns was going to be a thing and it was going to be a cash cow for this sort of grifters and narcissist type because he's not the only one, let's face it. But the sad thing is, is that Hutchinson is actually well aware of this and also well aware of the problems this is going to cause, the things that he's causing. (laughs) Yes, he's a guinnet. The worst thing that you can do is go try to be a Rambo in Latin America and go find kids. That is the absolute worst thing you can do. Second worst thing you can do is decide you're going to just randomly fund whatever organization says that they're being Rambos and going and rescuing kids because half of them, that money is going to pay for somebody's ego and somebody's logo and not necessarily directly to where the problem is. Of course, this leads to the real issue, that his presence on operations and his influence on their actions created demand for child sex workers where there was likely no existing demand prior. Yeah, this is bad. So these operations were well known for turning up in these remote areas in the middle of fucking nowhere, poor as shit, flashing US dollars and asking for young children. Anyone know there are any kids? (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, the traffickers would turn up with older sex workers, but then he'd be like, no, 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 I want want younger women. So we'll give you a quote from Vice because they summed up. No, 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 not young enough, not young enough. Too fat, too fat. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, With a bundle of Ben Franklin's in his hand. Uh huh. That's literally what happened. <laughs> God, this is so dark. Anyway, uh, quote from Vice. Uh, they continue to see images of women on the traffickers' phones of what appear, based upon Paul and other team members' statements, to be adult women in their 20s and 30s. The traffickers try to say, the girls are 16 or 17, senor. But, oh. but Hachi would say they look like they were 30 and Ugh. continue to ask for younger girls. This one over here. Too many, too much acne. This one, too fat. Give me some bloody kids. Yep. The description ends with an account of the trafficker talking to two females and telling them to go out and find la, la mas chicas, the smallest, the more young you can find. La mas chicas, 16, 14, 15, he pay you in dollars. Uh-huh. American yeah. dollars. Go and find them. Where yeah. are you going to find them? Oh, He's basically um, pimping people's for houses. Kids. Yeah, but he's having kids kidnapped so he can save them. Now, we went into this in part one <laughs> no, where no, those no, children, the children who are rescued, then often end up being sold to Utah families under the assumption their parents are complicit in their trafficking. But that's a whole other story and it's, oh. it's one of those things that was- They are stolen children. Yeah, no we can't say that happened all the time. So we can't say that happened in this specific situation that they brought the kids and then they took them to the cops and then sent them to the US. But that that did happen. Um, so listen to part one again if you want. If you want, it's so bad. Anyway, and this is the thing. So like, like I say, we discussed the way in which his operations create demand in Sound of Freedom Part One, but it's important to highlight Hutchinson's role in it. So why he did it is hard to say. But his previously quoted ex-girlfriend, Sandra Fan claims that OUR was an obsession and, quote, he could not stop talking about it and, ooh, there's parallels here to Hoodie, quote, felt that it was almost like an addiction. Mm. Mm. Addictive personality, huh? Mm. Well, just, I, I would say, just has no impulse control, Joel. <clears throat> yes, yes, especially when it comes to children, guns, and uh, self-congratulation. Uh, anyway. Namasikas. Mm-hmm. He'd pay you in dollars. 
Mm-hmm. So if you look at his Instagram and TikTok videos, you can see why. I mean, he really gets off on being a hero. He absolutely still does. He's still doing this. I looked up Paul Hutchinson last night to see if there was some like new interesting stuff. There's actually an interesting uh, English Twitter account who's named Paul Hutchinson, who's like a real whinger. And like whenever I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like, okay, so people saying this guy is like godlike. People saying this guy's like a criminal and something like, yeah, but the fucking council needs to just get their shit together. Otherwise, I'm just going to fucking leave. And you're like, all right, Paul, mate. Paul you're, from England, you're doing yeah. great, mate. You, you're that's more my fun. geezer. You're yeah, more he, fun. And he, like, he whinges out football and stuff. He's very funny. Anyway, so when it comes down to it, this is the thing, right? Before, Paul mentioned that he didn't want to see Rambos going out to – rescue kids right no fair enough no rambos trained for this kind of thing yeah and this is so true so you start seeing that like he has this sense of self-awareness right paul will say things that are quite true you do need to be trained for this sort of stuff there are so many variables involved in saving a child because the amount of harm you can do incidentally with good intentions doing this kind of work without having any idea that you're traumatizing or re-traumatizing or harming a child is immense. If you genuinely think that a kid's parents sold them to traffickers and you send them to Utah to then live in a fucking cabal of children underneath Mitt Romney or some shit, you think you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But the thing I mean, is- if, you're, if you're developing a hero complex around saving children and you're standing uh, in, in, in a village in, in Venezuela or, or, or Colombia with a fistful of notes saying, bring me younger children- I don't know if that's the same thing. It's tricky, isn't it? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a handbrake turn here because I've been shitting on this guy the whole episode. And here's the redemption arc. So when it comes to training, it is an absolute no-brainer. What you do is you ally with trafficking organizations. You get some counselors involved. You get some therapists. Yes. Um, yes. You get people who are experienced in the field of understanding how this works. You get aftercare services. You get a lot of money in the most important parts, which is to make sure that the victims of sex trafficking are taken care of and rehabilitated after these. I'm just kidding. No, none of that. <laughs> he Absolutely fucking he none doesn't. of that. He's not doing any of that. I mean, no, the first thing you do is ask the children, um, uh, have you been trafficked? Uh, 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 where are your parents? Do you want to live with your parents? Because there's a great place in Utah. This guy named Mitt Romney hey. wants to give you a PlayStation. Yeah. Look, no, you want, the, um, it's not quite as sweaty. Uh, and look, it's very humid here. You go to the that dry heat that you get in the desert, much nicer. They have Cooler McDonald's. You love that, right? You don't like your parents. You like McDonald's. <laughs> have you Fuck seen it. Have you seen the Coyote and Road Road? Roadrunner cartoons. It's just like that. Oh, God. Anyway, um, so let's just get back to the point. Uh, the training. Oh, I mean, the Utah not- backdrops, because that, you know, it's all set in the desert. That's what I mean. Oh, yes. Anyway. Course, yes. So the training isn't uh, anything related to empathy, understanding, rehoming, or anything that's actually useful. It is Kramagar. And I'm not fucking kidding. Yeah. Here's the first. <laughs> I didn't know what Kramagar was, but this is an Israeli martial art. Is that right? It is. It's what right. Avi Yemeni uh, used to make his quid from teaching. Really? Yeah. But to children? Probably. <laughs> Otherwise, who's going to take him seriously? Man, he's like five foot two. Yeah, well. Well, you're just like, hey, real estate portfolio is great and all that, but what I would love to do is something slightly more boots on the ground. For 
decades and decades. I've had a passion for hand-to-hand combat training, gun training. I'm really good with a firearm and got hundreds of them myself. But to undercover, you don't take firearms. But the majority of the skill set isn't the fact you know how to fight. In 70 undercover rescue missions, we've seen the traffickers fight. We've been in some very dangerous positions, very dangerous. In times where I thought we were going to have to use it, I've trained for a long time in something called Krav Maga. Yeah, the Israeli self-defense. For the listeners that aren't familiar, so regular martial arts, karate and others, bow to your sensei, three points when you kick him in the leg. Krav is brick to their head and go home to your family. It's Israeli special forces hand-to-hand combat. It's the most lethal I know of on earth. Yeah, well, look, it it, it seems like first we must learn Krav Maga so we may never use it. Exactly. Um, Exactly. It's that sort of martial art. It feels, it's funny because maybe you should learn like um, aftercare and counseling and empathy training. Um, so you may never use? Oh. Yes, 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 you may never use it. I mean, but yeah. it's exactly right. I have some experience in dealing with children as well because, you know, adults are different to children and, and, and you need to be able to communicate with them. Generally speaking, I would use. I'd use people who had worked with children in, in psychiatric care, in teaching, those sorts of things. But I'm sure they had all those things, right? Yeah, of course, of course. No, um, they were they were teachers. They had, they had lots of teachers there, uh, teachers of Krav Maga. <laughs> Krav Maga. That's what they had. That's what they had. Yeah, yeah. So here you go. Here he is elaborating on his genius piece of planning. <laughs> Fuck. I said the average cost is about $25,000 per mission. We were averages 10 to 15 kids that were able to get on a mission. He writes a check right there. He said, here's 25,000. I want to fund the mission. And he hands it to me. And he says, now I want to go with you on the mission. I gave him the check back. I said, bro, you can't buy your way on a mission. I, this is real. I said, I've been training for decades. This is super dangerous. You can't just show up. Hey, here I am. And he said, listen, you tell me what I have to do. I don't care if it takes me 10 years to get to the point where I'm ready. And so I gave him the phone number of my Krav Maga trainer. And this guy, my trainer, he's one of the best. He's like one of only 10 that's qualified to go back to Israel and train the trainers every year. And so his name is Joseph. And Joseph calls me like five, six months later. He said, Andy has been in every single day. He's been training two to three hours a day. He hits like a freight train. He said, he's probably safer undercover than most of your Navy SEALs. So that's the two stories to answer the question of what it costs to rescue a child. But that's just in our undercover stuff in third world countries. It's about $2,000. Who trains the undercover work? Because Krav Maga and hitting like a freight train is great. But the idea is not to get caught and have to use Krav Maga to get out of a sticky situation, right? Like that would be the most important skill set followed very distant second by the ability to not get killed doing it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, your goal is to not ever get in a place where you have to use self-defense to deal with it. And so so yeah, that's it, folks. Um, all you need to do is learn Kramagar. That is it. Kramagar, save the kids. But you can't pay your yeah, way into an operation. That's grab cheap. A, grab a child under each arm if you've but got you, one and just start running. Put your checkbook away. Do not cheapen what I do with your money. I don't need fucking money. I've got tons of money. I spruik real estate to rich cunt who then gouge rents on for, oh, that's bad. Anyway, what I really want to say is learn some karma gar and we'll save some fucking kids, maybe touch some titties on the way. What up, <laughs> bitches? Oy! Yeah, I fucking detest this <laughs> Anyway, we've only got a couple more pages to go before I punch a hole in my wall. So, it's it's 
it rides itself in this regard, but he's just going to keep getting worse. So, yeah, look, predictably, Hutchison has shit politics. He's good mates with Glenn Beck. Yeah. Uh, he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's pro-gun to a point of absurdity and also a bit of a doomsday prepper. Bad uh-huh. signs. Bad signs. Yeah, it's not great. So this was something that was documented by Lynn Packer where he quoted someone uh, – actually, no. This was documented by Lynn Packer, but also I looked someone up on uh, – I looked up a thread on Paul Hutchinson on Reddit and someone said this. I've met Paul. He's a narcissistic prepper piece of shit. That's kind of where we were going. <laughs> Granted, we were going. they did have a fallout over Tim's church oddness, but still, Paul also sucks ass. I think that was like a Utah subreddit or something. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so while he has left the church, he was a Mormon, uh, which is, of course, very common in Utah, Salt Lake City, very known for it, what? where he's from. Sucking ass. But yes, there is. I'm sure there's a lot of that going there's on. There's a lot of that. There'd be quite a lot of it. But also has the classic strong conservative beliefs that comes from the area. Yeah. I'm sure they vote heavily. It's for a red Trump state, folks. Yeah. And like <laughs> many rich red. guys. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, it gives you an idea of the demographic he comes from. But he, he shook the Mormonism, but he didn't shake the Trumpiness. And like many rich guys, he's got that big pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit. Yeah. And he thinks that motivational life coaches are much better to cure depression than some therapists. And if that doesn't work, Kramaga, give him a good thrashing. <laughs> Too true. So how did we help them overcome that? We needed to help them see themselves in a place different from where they were right now. How do we do that? We just say, hey, you know, I believe in you. I believe we line them up with a personal coach. Now, this personal coach was not a therapist, was not a psychiatrist. It was somebody who had used the cognitive restructuring programs that we had in our system of changing their negative thinking patterns. Somebody who had dealt with debilitating anxiety and depression themselves to the point where they couldn't overcome it and they couldn't move forward, but through our tools was able to move forward. Then we line them up on a 12-week program, once a week, on the phone, half an hour at a time, saying- So you can see what a massive wanker this guy is. He's got a fucking solution for everything, right? Like he's going to save the kids, but he's also going to save the adults who are like floundering in a world without enough Jordan Peterson in their lives or some shit. But look, the thing that really concerns me is the idea of the aftercare of trafficking survivors and this cooked approach- to rehabilitating people who are depressed, there could be a fucking Venn diagram going circle here. Yeah, and I yeah. do not like this. No, this is this is very, very ugly. Um, and, and really, at, at the end, it is, it is uh, stopping child trafficking by doing some child trafficking. Uh-huh. Yep. And then what do you do? You're going to rehabilitate them by making them go-getters. Uh, Hachi is no longer allowed on OUR rescue missions. Has he gone a little bit crazy with a Kramagar or- not enough hungies in his hand yeah. when he when he summons it. No, 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 not these ones. I want young children. Young. So it was the American Crime Journal who reported that Hutchinson was no longer allowed an OUR rescue mission. Yeah. That is something that they had to dig up. But basically, you know, without these guys putting the hard word on OUR, a lot of this stuff would not have come out. And it's mm. really, really impressive. And I can't tip my hat enough good, to the guys. Good work from Vice too. And, and, yep. and look – it's a shame, but Vice has basically gone into liquidation. Yeah, um, they but they've still they keep on releasing stuff, which is interesting. They are so they still must doing. In, they must have plenty plenty of stuff in the bank, but they must be I in mean, administration material. But 
Yeah, it's a real sad thing. I, I've always enjoyed the channel. It can be a bit quirky sometimes, but a bit there's, there's some really yeah, a bit hit and miss. But there, there is some really good stuff like this kind of journalism. Yeah, absolutely. I totally fucking agree. They've done some really good shit, on, especially on cooker stuff. Um, there's a guy now, uh, Mac Lamaru, who um, who does stuff for Vice on uh, Canadian soft sits like Romana Digilo and shit like that. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, mm. You know, really good medium form, but investigative journalism. We need to do an episode on uh, the Canadian. On Quinn I oh, think uh, we should get uh, uh, the academic uh, lady who uh, watches her very closely. Uh, I think yes. we should get um, her on and get her on the show because that, that, is, that is heading towards death cult territory very Oh, very it's epic and she knows everything. I wonder if she'd come on. Anyway, we'll, we'll send her a message and see what happens. We shall. We shall. She seems yeah. like a very lovely person. So, yeah, um, no, she really does. I've been following yeah. her for, for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, Christine Satechi, I think it is. Yeah, really like her. So we have discussed reasons as to why he may not be allowed on these uh, trips. You may have heard a few reasons why people might just think he's a bit of a cunt. But that's fine. It's okay. Don't worry. No problem. No problem here. Um, so OUR has banned him from uh, going on operations. So what do you do in that situation? Well, if you get fired from the band, you start your own band. Start your own band. Yeah. Start your own band. He started his own organization called the Child Liberation Foundation. It's a foundation for liberating children. Cool. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So it is hard to say whether Hutchinson is using this to continue his hobby of rescuing children from situations he probably created himself especially since he does tend to recount stories from years ago during his time with OUR as opposed to fresh ones with his new organisation. So CLF. Mm. It's hard to say. And he also does claim that he's funded rescue missions internally through his foundation and that he's also said that people more qualified than him are working on said projects to rescue kids. So maybe he's decided to stop touching up 16-year-olds' tits and let other people who aren't pedos go into places like this and save the kids' but actually save them and maybe not do the fucked up things he does for it attention? seems unlikely. But maybe mm, he just needs more unlikely. time to watch more pornography, Joel. Well, it's a time-consuming exercise, and the <laughs> only thing uh, you can do when He's you haven't addicted. had enough porn is have more porn. He is addicted. Mm. And the internet has a lot of it. So, look, this is the thing, though. Like, he has said he's using operatives who take down child porn rings online. Mm-hmm. which is actually a, that's a way of actually doing this as opposed to creating demand and also working with law enforcement to achieve these objectives in a way of like, you know, sort of helping fund these things and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe at this point he's done something good. I fucking doubt it. Yeah. But maybe, doubts. maybe, I mean, he should arrest himself, let's face it, but he might be funding some good shit here. I've seen some of these things, and I don't, I don't know that Hutchinson is involved in them, but there are various Instagram sites where uh, a child sex offender, often young males, so they're often sort of 16, 17, 18, uh, and, and sometimes a bit older, um, uh, are due to meet a, you know, a 12-year-old girl at a Macca's or a, you know, Hungry Jack's or a Burger King or whatever, and these guys turn up. And oh, yeah. they've been acting as a 12-year-old. Now, law enforcement does that stuff, certainly does it in Australia. And I'm not quite sure how, um, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people support this stuff, but I, I actually don't, I find it a little bit uncomfortable, all that sort of stuff. It Did really is. Watch- it's, it's, it's entrapment. Most certainly it would be entrapment. We never get to see the conversations that take place online. Yeah, well, yeah. It just okay, makes so- me uncomfortable. And they, they just swamp these guys and say, look, we can call the police. I just say, yeah, okay, let's get them. Um, have, have you seen How to Catch a Predator 
with uh, Chris Hansen, the famous, like, you know, take a seat, take a seat. Uh, no, I haven't, no. Okay. Oh, so that is something, it, it could be actually worth having a, having a look at. Um, it is pretty intense, to be fair. But basically, there's an organization called, I think, Perverted Justice. And it's a bunch of rednecks who sit in their basement um, and they talk to creeps. And they, they pose as 14-year-olds yeah, and they this, do the whole this, thing. This is what I'm talking about. It's that sort of stuff. And then, then yeah. they turn up and, and can confront the guy. Often there's a little bit of an assault. You know, like if the guy tries to run away, they'll, they'll basically swoop on him and oh, yeah. bring him down. And, and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure this is your job, champ. Well, so what happens in this situation here is the girl is an actor. She's over 18. Not that it really matters in this situation because she's not yeah. going to get touched. It's like yeah, a SWAT goes. team yeah. outside. But she's there going like, oh, uh, blah, 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 it's good to see you. Oh, what did you bring, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to go and slip in something comfortable, more comfortable. She goes out and then Chris Hansen walks in and goes, why don't you take a seat? Why don't you take a seat? So what are you doing here? Why are you here? And they've always got a fucking six-pack of beer and they've always got a pack of condoms and they've always got like, you know, some, some weird shit in their little bag. I'm like, what have you got there? You got some beers? You got some condoms? That's a bit, that's a bit weird. Yeah, and they're always I've like, seen that stuff too. It's, it's oh, a little I'm- bit different to the stuff that I've been at. There's, there's some sort of active amateur stuff because you know there's going to be copycats. Yeah. It's not right. It, 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 it needs specialised law enforcement work. It's and, not and, right. and if that doesn't exist, it should be provided. In a situation where it's amateuristic, you have to assume that the people are competent. But unfortunately, mm. uh, a lot of people in this situation believe that the training level you need to execute an operation like this is Kramagar. So no, <laughs> you can't do it. You're not allowed because you're an idiot. But the Chris Hansen thing, I don't want to divest too much on this one, but basically what happens is unnecessarily because there's hidden cameras that are high def all over the fucking room, mm. but at a certain yeah, I've point- I've seen that stuff. This is a little bit different. There's, a, there's an Instagram site where there's two or three guys and they've obviously used, you know, they've lured this predator in yeah. um, by posting on chat rooms and those sorts of things. And then, you know, that's, that's actually, a, you know, it's, a, it's an offence. It's a, it's a criminal offence. It needs but- to be referred to the police. But you've yeah. got these guys, they're essentially vigilantes and, and yeah. it makes me uncomfortable because it will no, end look, badly at some point. There, there does need to be due process. It does need to be accountability. And also the only stuff you see is what they release. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so with this, the cops are involved, but they bring in these like camera crews yeah, with these giant- I've seen There's a camera in every corner, basically. And they don't need to do that because there's cameras everywhere anyway, but they do it to fuck with them. And yeah. then they freak out and then they run and yeah, the cops just tase them. Do a runner. And then you find out how long they went to jail. Like it's total porn for- Like it's righteousness Ooh. porn. Yeah. But at the same time- I find it very difficult to have sympathy, even though these guys are lonely and sad and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you were going to go and fuck a 14-year-old. My yeah, exactly right. My very I, I, fucking limited. Not a lot of sympathy except to say you are looking at entrapment and getting yeah. them there. And in, in the situation you're talking about, that's a whole bunch of fucking rednecks playing hero and it's mm. basically exactly what's happening here. And I reckon- Exactly right. I reckon mm. probably none of them know Kramagar, which is just fucked. <laughs> so I think- you got to pull the pin on that. It's yeah, just, they're not no, qualified. Got to know Kramagar otherwise. They're not qualified. You can't kids. And if they do know Kramagar, probably not enough. Anyway, so look, you know, when it comes down to it, they really do need to just sort of stay away from the front line of this because they're either violent, stupid, both, or pervy, or all three. So at this point, I reckon that Ballard and Hutchinson, two of the most – Prominent members of this crew being sex pests and morons, maybe there's a problem here, as yeah. we just talked about. A little bit of a problem. Little but finally, the relationship breakdown with Ballard must be mentioned because oh, yes. it's pretty funny. 
It's hugely funny. funny. It's It's hard to say why they fell out when they did and why Hutchie has decided to jump on the bandwagon shit on Ballard since he was basically disgraced in November 2023. Massive fall from grace. Uh, But they parted ways around four years prior and it's hard to say which one told the other where to go. It is. The audit trail is tricky. It's very bumpy. I think we should but, bring back jewels. I think we need to bring back dueling. I would not be sad to see either either or both of them. Because this 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 sounds like it should have been resolved with a duel. And you know they both love guns. So yeah. I mean, fucking, you know. Jeez, you'd want to win the toss, wouldn't you? Five first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's in a sweat on that toss. Yeah, that's it. What, what gun would you like? Uh, I will take a bazooka for $20. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll, I'll take the eight millimeter artillery piece from far four miles away, please. I'll, I'll take a classic Glock any day. I'll, I'll, I'll hit the target. Anyway. Drones, drones, drones. Yes, drones, yeah. drones, drones. Yes, exactly. So as we discussed, concerns have been raised about Hutch behavior on tour so it could very well be that that caused the issue ballard may have even called that hutchinson mm. and said mate you're out of line and then he might have turned around and been like well everyone hates you so fuck you right like i don't know i genuinely don't know i can't seem to follow the timeline to which one said fuck you first but i do know the acrimony seems to come a lot from hutchinson in a bit of a sort of like you know uh, doth complain too much. He protests too much, yeah. Yes. He doth yeah, protest it, it, too much. It's, it's an interesting one. And I really didn't think that we were going to go down the rabbit hole of Hutchinson's worse than Ballard, but fuck, man. They're two different sides of a very similar coin. It's just that Ballard's more money-obsessed, whereas Hutchinson's already rich. So this is the thing that comes down to the money thing, which is the infamous whiteboard. And we discussed this in part one, I believe, um, where basically in 2019, Ballard and others went to Paul Hutchinson's home to explain the future of OUR and these sort of associated organisations around it. Yeah, look, let me just uh, interrupt you there, Joel, and just say, look, anything that involves a whiteboard will always end badly. It's it's just got skulls and crossbones all over it. We've had a number of politicians die by the whiteboard here or their careers ended very, very swiftly. uh, yes, uh, anyone says, look, go, let's go and have a look at that whiteboard. Just just walk away. Just walk away. You, yeah. Anything to do yeah. with whiteboards, tragedy is never far away. I used a whiteboard today because I was asked to outline the process in making someone that I quite like in the organization redundant. So I'm not feeling great about whiteboards oh, today. Second for the man. You, 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 I've had a prick of a day, guys. I've had a people pr- for the man. Prick of a day. Maybe, but, the, guy know, was, maybe the guy was a pedophile, though, Joe. I fucking, you thought about I, that? I really hope he was. Well, no, I don't actually. But what I can say is it's like <laughs> in the movies when they say, you know, like, shoot your mum. And you're like, no, I'm not going to shoot my mum. And then they shoot her and then they shoot you. All right, okay, fine. Right. I'll just shoot If you her. don't shoot your mum, I'm going to shoot you. Then I'm going to shoot your mum. Exactly. And that's why I'm having plenty of delicious CV beers tonight because today was a cunt. Not anyway. Yeah. Oh, I just don't like it. It was sad. Anyway. It's, it's unpleasant. And you're a softie. You're a softie at heart, Joel. Yeah. It's why, it's why I care about the kids. So, <laughs> the poor not, kids. not as much as Hachi. No, no, no. Not nearly as much he as Hachi. He likes to look at the kids, Joel. Evidently. So, back to the whiteboard. Yes, <laughs> Such please. Such a dumb segue. <laughs> I'm 
sorry, guys. Your part was fine. I, I, I was venting. So the whiteboard was headed with a box that says slave stealers dash for profit. Uh, and leads to OUR, the mm. Nazarene Fund, which is Glenn Beck's organization doing the a very The Nazarene thing. Fund. I know. Jesus Christ. Just <laughs> such cunts. I know. And it's Glenn Beck. So you know, if, if, if you know Glenn Beck, you know. Yeah. Mormon lunatic just loved a throwing on the, the 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 cloak of religion at, at the drop of a hat. And like I say, Glenn Beck was famous for his whiteboards. I mean, he like whiteboards made him. Anyway, there was also children need families, liberty and light, and an orphanage. Mm-hmm. So OUR, TNF, and CNF had sizzle in red writing, and that's how he described the use of footage and promotional material made on these operations, which would then attract money and attention. In red writing at the top, it says this. Take sizzle of the rescue, lead them to the covenant. Brief explanation. Most people know this, but a sizzle is a short clip of, of uh, a short video clip of a much a sizzle longer reel. treatment. Yeah, sizzle yeah. reel, it's sometimes known as. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that also will uh, apparently lead them to the covenant. So, it's very easy to speculate on what this means. That the objective was to raise money and turn people into Mormons. And of course, Mormons are meant to be missionaries who bring people into the faith. Mm-hmm. So he's just getting good point points yeah. with God. They're actually doing this without having to leave the home. This entire fucking thing is about going to heaven. Jesus mm. Christ. No pun intended. So another box, CLF, is off to the side of slave stealers. See this is where God starts to get a bit murky and Jesus yeah. starts going, are you going to fit through that needle? Because you look like a camel. <laughs> yeah, you look, yes, you look like you're a bit bit sort of chameleon inside. You're a bit bloated. Are you going to leave your wallet in your pocket while you're trying mm. to get to heaven? Because I think it might jam up the pipes. So this so- is CLF. It's the Children Liberation Fund. That's, That's right. That's the key so word. It's a for-profit organization where fund is underlined because – he basically apparently said, Hutchinson said this, that this organization, Hutchinson's organization, was for raising money. It wasn't a foundation. It's a fund. It's a fund. Wow. Mm. All of this leads to timothyballard.com with the T and the B capitalized. Odd. Anyway, with various <laughs> large figures for speaking fees and endorsements, $2.7 million, again US, was his forecast salary. Yep. That's a lot of money, if you guys haven't sort of twigged onto that. So Hutchinson didn't love this, which is kind of unfair because he's already rich. But at the same time, like I say, Hutchinson's doing this for ego. Ballard's doing this for money. Ballard talked about raising awareness but not saving kitties because awareness equals money. But that's no fun, you see, because you've got to save the kids because once you save the kids, then you get the content, then you get the women, then you get the ego, (laughs) then you get the narcissistic response. First you get the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's fucking pathetic, right? But the thing that was really interesting about this and the um, ICAC sort of vibes on this is that in a video on his podcast, on Hutchinson's podcast, he explained how on this whiteboard, there were a bunch of names, familiar names, and positions for them with salaries. Now, in the picture Ooh. of the whiteboard and the Vice article, all of this were, was redacted. And this is one of the reasons why Anna Merlin and Tim Marchman are kind of boring. They're journalists. They're really objective and they're really boring. So well, they'll say things that they can prove. They've been advised by the lawyers, Joe. Totally agree. 
really mm. professional. But I just feel like we're not getting sued for this. I feel like I'm not getting sued. Isn't that good legal advice? So, <laughs> in this situation, Hutchinson exposes that those redacted parts were family members of Ballard with their salaries next to their ooh, names. Ooh, ooh, this whole thing's a fucking scam. Mm. So, of course, well, if, like I if say, that's true, I mean, it's a great way well, to humiliate Ballard, isn't it? It is, and it could very well be tit for tat, but I would not be surprised for a second if it was true. Mm. It, there's a lot of other uh, supporting information for Ballard, especially considering there are public documents of uh, yes. not-for-profits and charities that expose the fact that his He's family are all payroll. Pain. He's in a world of pain. Mr. Yeah, Ballard. half it's probably legal, though. So basically, Hutchinson said that he was worried that people were donating money under false pretenses, as in just giving Ballard cash, and mm-hmm. wanted out. Fair enough. So that's his side of this tiff, right? Ballard's side is Hutchinson's a fucking perv. And just, just like Hutchinson's me. side. <laughs> just well, like Ballard. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But at least Ballard stayed overage, right? But yeah, Hutchinson. Sure is pissy that it's all about money and not about saving the kids. Well, okay. So Hutchinson then claims he was blacklisted after he showed opposition to the whiteboard plan. And, of course, this is the thing, though. Hutchinson going after Ballard in this fashion is a classic example of doing the right thing before the wrong reasons. Because, obviously, this is all ego and it's all about just eating each other, but both of them look like shit. You're greedy, you're a perv. But to be honest, I'm... Kind of at peace with that mutually assured destruction policy. <laughs> it's a bit mad, mad going on. It is. On his yeah, Twitter page, Hutchie has released clips of the video podcast he made explaining their fallout. They're getting mm. very few views. What do you say? How many followers has he got on Twitter? Like oh, I was like 100 and something. That's not great. It could be more now. He's... I don't know. I should. Anyway, I should have it a doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, but it doesn't. But, really, but we're not talking but, thousands. No. And even then, I'll, I'll be surprised if you didn't buy them. I mean, like, bro, you've got the money. Just just buy some. Yeah, but you end up oh, with shit, a lot I think of you anime followers. Me. You know, <laughs> anime weirdos that don't look good if people go scrolling through you. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like scrolling through your followers. Uh, so back to this on his Twitter page. Hutchie has released clips of the video podcast he made explaining the fallout. They're getting very few views and the comments are a mess. On one video, he explains how dangerous the operating procedures are with, uh, were with OUR, uh, with the heading, the protocols were not in place and never put in place for safety of the operators. I had to figure that out myself. Oh, my Kramagar instructor told me. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will just uh, clear that up. 120 followers. Oh, on Twitter with the uh, tag Hutch Liberator. Um, good work, mate. Good work. Anyway, look, um, you know. Look, uh, can we do a guru and say, like, let's go make him famous. Get on his Twitter <laughs> and start giving him a little bit of a slapping. Oh, God. No, I think at this point the – Don't uh, do that, the... folks. You never know what kind of, uh, what kind of um, 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 mesh you might, might dig up or – and for the love of Horror God, show. don't tell him about this episode because he will fucking sue us. Yeah, he's going to sue us for sure. Surely I've said like <laughs> at least 10 defamatory things this episode. Surely. I probably, oh. probably said one or two. Oh, don't fucking chicken out on me now, bitch. This is both of us. We are in this together and you know it. 
Yeah, just until the hard times come, and then I'm. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like it I'm, was I'm him. Pushing, I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you off that train platform. I was reading on, his coming. script. It was all him. <laughs> I'll have to kill so, you off. Uh, look, by the way, I mean, look, we'll get, we should get to this, but there is a wonderful doco, and I think this is on. Yes, it is a Foxtel Go thing or a binge or whatever it is. Binge is great though. Um, over there. And, and oh, it's a terrible app. But anyway, um, there, there's this thing called a uh, Bitconned. And my God, it is so funny the 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 ar- the arrogance of these idiots um, to essentially create what they thought what they th- without any basis whatsoever that you could actually tap a card and purchase stuff with Bitcoin. You could Doesn't actually work. pull a, a Bitcoin out of a, a Bitcoin ATM. Yeah, uh, all this sort of stuff. They're still and- around. Um, yeah, <laughs> the fees are insane. It's like thirty dollars for a withdrawal. Can, can't be done. Certainly, we don't have technology right now to do it. They got uh, Floyd Mayweather to uh, Mayweather to um, uh, to um, uh, to promote it. He had to give all the money back. There were a number of other celebs wow. who got involved and had to give all the money back. And in the end, the guy who was the well, I won't tell you anymore. It is wonderful. Just the <laughs> the absolute outrageous behaviour of these clowns getting involved in this huge con, hundreds of millions of dollars. You should. Um- Call them and get a T-shirt for that. I reckon that was a good plug. CB oh, Co gives me look, cases uh, of beer I, for I, less. I watched it a couple of times and I said, I said to my wife, I said, well, you've got to watch this. I mean, it's just this. There's this it's got a certainty that they're headed for a cliff and they keep going. Um, but 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 they're also pulling in literally tens of millions of dollars a day there when they're on, on the top of the hoop. Aren't Ponzi schemes a wonderful thing? <laughs> anyway, getting <laughs> Sorry, back to go it, on. Jack was just outlining a quote from Paul Hutchinson that said, basically, the protocols not in place and never put in place for safety of the operators. I had to figure that out myself. That and this is himself. echoed by a lot of people who basically went on these operations, including a woman who went along as a journalist who was put into a raid with absolutely no preparation. And mm. they just basically yeah, just went, oh, that. well, no worries. And they're like, okay, so where's the nearest hospital? They're like, I don't know. You fucking idiots. You just had like a, an armed raid and you don't know where a hospital is. There were like 100 children here, but you don't know where to take them if one of them gets shot. You fucking idiots. Anyway, so this is the thing that sort of conflicts me on this is that like that all happened years ago. But now Hutchinson comes out and tells a story after hmm. Ballard has been fed to the sharks by the mainstream media, by hmm. his community, by his religious. He's been excommunicated. Hmm. We'll get into that in the next part. Hmm. But this is one of the things that I really, really liked. It was one of the quotes from Damien Moore, and God, there's so many of them. This was on a quote tweet of Paul Hutchinson with a video of him explaining the fallout between them, between Hutchinson and Ballard. This is from Damien Moore of American Crime Journal, who yes. has been quoted all through this. Say the quote. I fucking love this. These anti-human trafficking crusaders, these rich suburban wannabes used human or trafficking as a ruse. Uh-huh. It was cover for them to go into corrupt third world countries party on your dime, get drunk, high, and sexually abuse their women and exploit black and brown people. Thank you, Damien Moore, from this, yeah. this is the American Crime Journal. Sums it up, right? But, yeah, I mean, like, this is the thing, though. Like, you know, I would say that's defamatory, except for the fact that Damien Moore, I reckon, has a filing cabinet to back up that claim. Uh, I don't think that's defamatory. I, I don't think that's defamatory at all in First Amendment terms. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Different kettle of fish here. Party on your dime. We've 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 got we've got certainly evidence of of misbehaviour, getting drunk. I don't know about high. That might be something that that might be considered 
uh, questionable, yeah. Uh, yeah. And sexually abuse their women and exploit black and brown people. I mean, I think that is one of those cases. And and uh, I attend the, the News Corp in services where sometimes we are told, um, and and this is good advice, sometimes you want to get sued. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And yep. this would be one of those things. So, okay, so let's prove. I mean, you, you, well, let's tick these off. Party on your dime, get drunk. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get high, but you still sexually abused women and exploited black and brown people. Is that actionable? Is that actionable? Let's do some discovery here. All right, cool. Yeah, Good stuff. yeah. This would yeah. be a lawsuit that I, I imagine Damien Moore of the of the American Crime Journal would enjoy and help fund if it came upon our heads. So, what I will say is that. When it comes down to these sort of things, it is hard to say whether Hutchinson has managed to fundraise good things or save some children and somehow do more good than harm. But it looks like, on face value from my research, yeah. he's done way more harm than good. Yes, I would say. Way so. more. Way more. Now, in between the bullshit, he may very well have rescued some kids from some very bad people who were never going to return to their families, who were basically going to be killed at the end of their usefulness. Any of these sort of salacious sound of freedom style scenarios that are very dark and awful. Sure. And he's rescued those children, put those bad people in jail. Let's just pretend that's happened. But on the flip side, he's almost certainly caused children to be kidnapped from their Mm. homes. After like flashing yeah. cash around and demanding younger sex workers, and maybe some of those kids did get returned to their families. Maybe some of those kids had a, a sixteen-hour experience they'll never forget. But will they ever be the same again? Just for the sake of fluffing this fucking guy's ego yeah. and making social media content, this guy has ruined people's lives. But of course, does he see them as lives? You know, they are brown kids, right? So let's you know, let's not forget that. So, I mean, it's been hard to reconcile that. And what I will say is there are valid concerns about his behavior and operations. Absolutely. And whether he overstepped the mark when interacting with children, we don't really know. And it is much harder for him to do this now because there is this light being shone on it yeah. as through, a result of this Ballard film. Through and him, yeah. Mm. So maybe the film's done good by disarming this fuck, but- he still runs a Child Liberation Foundation. He's surely getting shitloads of money through the gate. All sorts of other country organizations will be getting tons of money through this whole, uh, you know, Sound of Freedom thing. I'm not going to go into Destiny Rescue, but I think we should look into them. But I'm not going to say that they are a part of this or they do similar things, but they do have a similar modus operandi, which I think would be worth scrutinizing. Uh, but I certainly think they're more litigious than these motherfuckers. And I certainly want to make sure that you do not correlate this episode with that. But I would like to look into them in the future. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of copycat stuff because there are so many narcissists around and and people who want to be heroes. And people want to save kids. So people who want to give money to save the children mm. and then you've got these puffed up chest wankers. It's extremely who want dangerous. The heroes. It's extremely yeah. dangerous. And, 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 and you can and charge the, the guys to go. that drives this is that there are there's very little um, law enforcement, certainly in the developing world, very, very little law enforcement um, uh, connection, oversight, accountability in in the developing world, particularly in South America, uh, Central America, perhaps even worse in places like Honduras and Guatemala, uh, Nicaragua, um, uh, where life is very, very cheap. And what I can say on the flip side of that is that in the Philippines, a friend of mine who is actually a patron of the podcast, and I'm not going to name you 
but I love you dearly. Um, and it was great to meet you many, many years ago. Um, worked in the Philippines with sex trafficking organizations mm-hmm. and said that the, um, the way in which justice is doled out there is very swift. Um, I bet it is. Um, and, it's um, not the, look, the, what Australia did to kind of prevent this nonsense and, and even the sort of adventurous like Hutchie and Ballard, they make it an offence. They make it an offence to, to, to engage in unlawful sexual, sexual yeah. conduct with, with children in, in other parts of the world. Yeah, and what my so, friends so said you, is you that do they see don't people make getting back, pulled up in, yeah. in, in in Cambodia, in in the Philippines, yeah, um, and and charged and um, and and often convicted in 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 the Australian uh, in the Australian legal system. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, she said that the um the 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 justice over there definitely happened. So like, it's not to say that law enforcement over there in the Philippines, at least in this sort of anecdotal personal experience I've got. I hope it's nice and rough, rough. Oh, but, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I can violent. imagine. I can imagine. It's very violent. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole story that I absolutely cannot say uh, anyway. Um, so, look, that's a massive detour. What I will say is that Hutchinson doesn't do this for money because he's got tons. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. He actually gives lots of money to his organization. And like I say, maybe some of it filters down to something good. But at the end of the day, what really happens is that his ego comes before all of it. The main thing that would reduce child exploitation is reducing child poverty. And he could probably impact that even in a small way. And this is both in the US and abroad, but definitely in the US. And he knows this. He talks about it. You heard the clips earlier, right? He's aware yes. of that a broken home is yeah. an economic issue, and that is what, where a lot of this stuff comes from. He, he, he is well aware that poverty is responsible for a lot of domestic sex trafficking. I mean, it's, it's the business. Unfortunately, the life is cheap in the developing world. Well, um, it, but, but also in the US. Also in the well, US. Yeah, absolutely. Where poverty is growing, not uh, not shrinking. People with precarious homes in, in the US have no money past their rent. But if he's yeah. making a positive impact somewhere, then that's that's okay. That'd be good. But there's a but- lot of que- if that was the case. But it, but there's a lot of questionable conduct in. Around well, this. let's flip this on the fucking head, right? How did Paul get his money, right? Real estate speculation. He's funding yeah. large scale yeah. investors speculating in real estate. They're yeah. the ones who are increasing the rent. They're the ones. Who are fucking with like middle well, with to his, lower with class his families? 12, with his twelve doctorates, maybe one of those relates to ethics, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I really don't think so. More like theology, I'd say. So when it comes down to it, he's this guy who understands the fact that poverty is a driver of sex trafficking, and he's also a guy who funds a large part of the reason why people in the U.S. are falling into poverty traps because of increasing rent and precarious shelter. So you're kind of an active participant in the thing that you are fully aware of being a driver for the mm. thing that you're against, but you only fix in South America because you can take content and touch tits. He's got the, he's got you there, Hachi. I fucking think so. So look, yeah. clearly there's a big, big issue here, a contradiction of terms that is startling. Here is a guy who admitted to be looking at child pornography, who has sexually uh, sexually assaulted a yeah, young woman in, in Mexico and also is fully aware of the drivers behind the thing he's trying to fight, which is also a part of the machine that increases it. So I'm sorry, but between Tahachi and Tim Ballard, I'm not sure who's the big cunt. But as tradition dictates, we must say, You'll find out the next part, right?
Yes, uh, and the next part, we will point and laugh at uh, Tim Bellard, who has had an amazing fall for grace. It's rare to see someone fall from such a high point to such a low one in such a short space of time. He's he's on Olympic Olympic world record, well, Olympic record time. Uh, So we're going to have a look at that absolute piece of shit. Uh, And while Hutchinson's intentions are pretty sketchy, Ballards are hilarious. What an absolute con artist he is. I want money. Uh, and you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, Joel Hill. Mm. Oh, I've got a mouthful of beer. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel and at Crunchy Moses with AK, uh, sort of. We don't, well, I guess we sort of use Twitter. Yeah, so. you're not doing that much now. Periodically. We set up a Facebook page. It's called the Conditional Release Program Posting Group. If you're looking for it, it's there. It's great. Um, and if you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media. I'm such a hypocrite. I haven't even published the last two episodes on social media. I'm so fucking useless. Do my job, please. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, you'll be replaced by a robot in no, no time, Joel. Look, I we do have a Patreon, be. and uh, to help keep this sustainable, it's bloody consuming, and we still have to pay the rent. Help keep the lights on. Yeah, for as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly premium episode, kind of fortnightly, kind of weekly. We're trying to keep up. But yeah, we do try and make it worth your while. Some of them are pretty good. I'm, and finally, all reviews. feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, even if it's just to shout at us and um, wave a lot of American money around. I'll be, I'll be, or Joel will be in the ponytails and I'll be in my schoolboy outfit. I tell you what, if they brought you to me, I'd be like, nah, nah, younger. I'm sorry, mate. Nah, <laughs> yeah. nah, younger. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, no, I, think I can it's live fair. with that. I think it's fair. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Thanks, dark. listeners. See ya. See ya. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me. You guys are bastards.